Thank you for listening to the New Life Church podcast. If you need any information about our church or if you'd like to give online, please visit us at newlifekingman.com. Room today and Holy Spirit, we invite you in this place. You you have right of way, Holy Spirit, to do what you want to do. And we give you glory, we give you honor, and we pray, God, that you would move amongst us, that you would minister to us today. Help us, encourage us, God, today. God, strengthen us, God. We pray that you would deliver and set free, that you would heal, God, and provide. Father, that you would speak to us, God. Give us a word from heaven, God, a word from heaven that will strengthen us and carry us on. Father, we pray every need that's represented in this place, God, would be met, God, by your power and your strength. And Father, we give you glory and we give you honor. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Praise God, you could be seated this morning. Hallelujah. Amen. We want to take a moment and we want to welcome everybody that's out today. You're in in here in the house joining us. We are certainly glad that you're here. We also want to welcome everybody that's joining us online. We're very glad that you are here as well. Amen. And also, we want to release all the teenagers, junior high, high school age. If you're junior high, high school, just meet with Alex in the back there and he'll take you out to the youth room and you can have your service out there. Amen. Isn't God good this morning? A couple things before we get started. I don't have them with me, but a set of keys were found, I believe, in the women's bathroom. And so if you're missing keys, if you get out to your car this morning as you're leaving and you go, where are my keys? More than likely, they're in my office. And so you can come back in and we'll help you out. Amen. And also, we want to encourage everybody to be at Breakthrough tonight. Amen. Six o'clock. And I know you're all raring to go for Breakthrough. Amen. <laughs> Come on. It's good. Amen. You're going to have a good time. Praise God. We believe God's going to touch your life. If you have your Bibles uh, with you, whether that's a, in Bible form or whether that's a digital copy on a phone. You know, somebody asked me the other day, man, I'm seeing all these people looking at their phones while you're preaching. I assume you're reading your Bible along with me, <laughs> that you're not, you know, texting or, you know, FaceTiming your best friend or, or whatever. And so I, I just know that, you know what, God's doing something in your life. Amen. And he's, uh, you're using that, that scripture is uh, touching you. Amen. So if you have your Bibles, turn with me over to Acts chapter 1. This morning, I want to talk to you about probably one of the more important subjects, one of the most important subjects in all of the Bible. And I want to talk to you today about the power and presence of the Holy Spirit. Amen. There is no substitute for the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit. And it is something that we need to know about. It is something that we need to cultivate. It is something that we need to embrace. And so this morning, my hope is is that I can stir you, uh, that I can encourage you, that I can challenge you to um, embrace the Holy Spirit in your life. Now listen to me this morning. The moment you got saved, the Holy Spirit came and he began to dwell in your heart. Can you say amen? Amen. Now, the problem with that is, is I think that a lot of people forget how important that reality is. I think that we lose it over time. We have to keep in mind that what we are talking about is God in us. God in us. Now, here's the problem that I see this morning is that we live in a, in a time where because of technology, we have the ability to see and hear more things than ever before. You can watch movies online, you can get information online, 24-7 news and on and on. We are, quote unquote, more connected with the rest of the world than we have ever been before. And the problem with that is is oftentimes that can dull our senses to things. And so when statements are made, for instance, you know, I think the news has talked so much about like our national debt. So things are said like, we owe $27 trillion. We don't even know what that means, do we? I, I mean, $27 trillion, and I don't even know if that's really it or not. But 
I don't know if anybody knows. When you get into numbers like that, oh, yeah, what's a few billion here and there? You know, I, I don't even know how to process those things. And so what happens is we, you know, if you said to me, hey, you owe me $1,000, you got my attention. You know, that kind of grips me because I don't have $1,000. But if you walked up to me and said, you owe me $27 trillion, I'm going to probably chuckle and move on. Because it doesn't mean anything. It just, it, 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 doesn't, it doesn't strike me. And oftentimes I think when we as Christians, after a while, we'll say, make statements like, hey, you know, God lives in you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We go, that's great. Hey, praise God. And we go on as if nothing happened. Now, I want you to think about this for a moment. God, the, the living God, the creator of heaven and earth lives in you. He lives in you. That's how close you are to God. Has anybody ever felt distanced from God? Don't raise your hand. Uh, We feel it all the time. We, We feel that. We feel distant. But the reality is that's a lie because God is in us. His name is Emmanuel, God with us. But yet, because of the fact that we hear it so often, when we lose its importance or we lose its potency, if I can say that. But we need to capture that again. We need to, to, to um, rekindle that fire, if I can use that statement, that God lives in me. That means everywhere I go, he goes. <laughs> now I'm going to hear, I'm going to say something really scary. Everything I look at, he looks at. (laughs) Oh, now you're meddling preacher. What are you doing? Everything I say, he hears. Everything I do, he witnesses. That's another sermon, isn't it? We're going to stick on the power of God. The reality is, is God is in me, and this is important, and the Holy Spirit, this is what we, I want to uh, pay attention to, is because the Holy Spirit, we know that he dwells in our heart. See, when we got saved, the Holy Spirit came into our lives. Jesus dwells in us by his Spirit. The third person of the Godhead, the one that is equal and co-equal with God the Father and God the Son, and his importance and his relevance in our lives must be something that we not only understand, but we make certain that has an active role in our lives. Can you say amen? Amen. Now, there seems to me that there are two extremes that exist today concerning, concerning people and the Holy Spirit, and that is this. Either we have too little understanding of the Holy Spirit. In other words, we just don't know a lot about him, and so he's kind of like the, the, you know, he's, he lives up to his name. He's a spirit. He's a ghost, the Holy Ghost. We, he shows up and just kind of scares us. Amen. And that's the other reason is because we don't, uh, or that's the other extreme, because we don't know a lot about him, we're afraid of him. And we're afraid of his moving, and we, 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 we kind of just put all of that, it's like, okay, preacher, I, don't, don't talk about all that stuff. That gets too wild and crazy to me. Well, that ought not to be. Can you say amen? Because we need this morning an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. We need supernatural answers. We need supernatural solutions to the insanity of this world, and we need the power to carry them out. We need the Holy Spirit. Listen to me. Let me just bring it down a little bit to more where you live. Because when we talk about the insanity of the world, that's one of those places, again, that we kind of check out. Because you know what? I'm not living in the rest of the world. I'm living in my world. I'm living in my reality. I don't live in Washington, D.C. I don't live in Russia. I don't live in Africa. I live in Kingman, Arizona. And so I'm not facing a lot of the problems that the rest of the world faces, but I am facing my challenges. And there's not a person in this room today that doesn't have challenges in their life. If I were to go around this room today and take inventory and ask you about your life, every one of us, to varying degrees, has challenges. And I guarantee you, some of those challenges you don't have answers for. Some of those challenges you don't know what to do about. 
Some of those things that exist that are going on in you, you're going, why is this happening to me? How do I fix this? What's going on? And that's the thing that I'm seeing more and more and more in Christianity is because people are coming to me with their problems. They come to me with their circumstances and situations, and I don't have answers either. There was a time in my Christian walk, in my ministry even, when people came to me and there were kind of, you know, you know, pat answers. There was set things. It's like you could tell somebody, well, you know what, just believe God, and that was good enough. And they would go away, they'd believe God, and it would somehow work out. But nowadays, there are people that are coming, and they've got emotional, they've got uh, mental, they've got spiritual dynamics and things that are going on, if not physical realities, family things, uh, marriage stuff, things with children, and on and on and on, and they just don't have an answer. They just don't have the know-how, what do I do? And it's consuming their lives. Amen. Amen. And the reality is today we need the Holy Spirit and his power to help us overcome and break through those realities. We need him. Well, okay, I need him. I need Holy Spirit in my life. I need that encounter with him. Well, I have good news for you this morning. The good news is this, is today is Pentecost Sunday. This is the day that we as Christians recognize for the first time the Holy Spirit was poured, or when the first time the Holy Spirit was poured out. This is when we we, we think about this. Now, here, this is the thing, Pentecost Sunday doesn't get a lot of airtime. Not like Christmas and Easter and some of the other holidays. But I'm going to tell you something, Pentecost Sunday is a pivotal, landmark, foundational moment in history. Jesus came and walked as a man. That was a pivotal, significant, landmark day. Can you say amen? The day Jesus was born. The day he died and rose again was a significant, pivotal day. Well, I'm telling you, the day Jesus sent his spirit into the world to fulfill the promise of the Father was also a significant day. Can you say amen to that? So this morning, what I want to do in light of this day is I want to take some time and share with you the power and the importance of the supernatural moving of the Holy Spirit in our lives because we need it. So I want to take you on a little bit of a scriptural journey. So bear with me as I read some scriptures to you. And we're going to begin in the book of Acts, chapter 1, starting in verse 4. And it says, and being assembled together with them, he commanded them, Jesus commanded, Jesus is commanding his disciples, not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you have heard of me, for John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Now jump down to verse 8. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, in Judea, and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Now jump down to uh, chapter 2, verse 1. Now when the day of Pentecost had fully come, there were all, they were all with one accord in one place, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire, and one sat upon each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking with other tongues, or they began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And there was dwelling in Jerusalem Jews, devout men, from every nation under heaven, and when this sound occurred, the multitude came together and were confused because everyone heard them speak in his own language. Now go over to uh, verse 12, chapter 2. So they were all amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, what could this mean? Others mocked, saying they are full of new wine. But Peter, standing up with the eleven, raised up his voice and said to them, men of Judea and all who dwell in Jerusalem, 
Let this be known to you and heed my words. For these are not drunk as you suppose, since it is only the third day, hour of the day. But this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. And it shall come to pass in the last days. How many know this is also the last days? God said, God, that I will pour out of my spirit on all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. Now look, one last passage, verse 39, or 38 and 39. Then Peter said to them, Repent, every one of you, and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sin, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit for the promise is to you and to your children and to all who are afar off, as many as the Lord God, Lord our God, will call. This is powerful. There's a lot being said, and I don't know that we could get to all of it, but I'm going to try to, to help you and instill you and encourage you today because as we begin to unpack these passages of Scripture, I want you to take notice of something. I want you to notice something. The events that occurred on the day of Pentecost were after the disciples had received salvation. That's important for us to understand because every time the Bible records people being baptized with the Holy Spirit, it is after they had received Jesus as their Lord and Savior. Now, no doubt this morning, and I want to make this clear, no doubt that at the moment of salvation, Jesus dwells in our hearts by his Spirit, and so we know the Spirit of God is present. But let me say this to you today, there is a big difference between the indwelling Spirit of God and the baptism of the Spirit. Can you say amen? Listen, 1 Corinthians chapter 13 says this, do you not know that you are the temple of the Spirit of, the, of God, uh, and that, ha ha, do you not know that you are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwells in you? So we know at salvation the Spirit dwells in us, but the baptism of the Holy Spirit is not just an indwelling. Listen, the baptism of the Holy Spirit is an engulfing. It is an immersing. It is an empowering of the child of God for the purposes of God in their lives. Let me tell you this today. Every person sitting in this room, young and old alike, have a purpose in the kingdom of God. And when we hear that, the problem with the church is we tend to hear that as like, oh, I have a purpose like your purpose. I'm supposed to be a pastor or an evangelist or this. No, church, that, that's not true. The reality is every person is a part of the body and we have a purpose and there is a part for you to play in the kingdom of God and in the body of Christ as God has placed you. And the only way that you can do that is through the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. Can you say amen? amen? And so we need this baptism. And if there is a single word that can be used to describe the events that transpired on the day of Pentecost, it would be one word, and that word is this, power. It's about power. See, the problem is, is for many, we have made it about the experience. We have made it about the, 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 the excitement, the fanfare, the celebration, what happens. Well, let me tell you, it's not about that. It's about power. Let me see if I can give you an example of that. You know, my wife and I, we had a wedding and that wedding was a wonderful day. It was a great day. It was special. It was a beautiful moment. I cried. When I saw Kathy walking down the aisle in her beautiful white dress and I'm looking at her, I am, I'm crying. I'm just sobbing on the stage. I was like a gigantic baby. And the older I've gotten, the more I cry. I cry at kittens and puppies and all kinds of stuff now. But in that moment, it was so special because I realized I was marrying the love of my life and it was such a wonderful time and a love, wonderful moment. But that pales in comparison to the marriage. The wedding was a moment. The wedding was a day. It was a celebration. It was a moment where we, we, we cut a covenant between God and each other. And we cut this covenant. And that is a wonderful landmark. But what followed that, the fruit of that day was so much more than that day. 
It's the 35 years that have now followed that day and the relationship and the children and the grandchildren and the destiny and the heritage and all that we are. And so sometimes what happens is Christians can get so caught up in the moment that they forget what this is really all about. See, the Holy Spirit gives gifts and he will, he will do things through you and there'll be moments and sometimes they can be still, quiet, beautiful, peaceful moments or sometimes they can be lightning bolts flying out of your fingertips. But that's not the point. The point is it's the living God moving in and through your life. Can you say amen? Yeah. It's the living God, the God that sits on, on the throne in heaven that spoke everything that we know into existence, taking up residence and then surrounding you in his power and his glory. Can you say amen? So here are these huddled uh, shell-shocked disciples. Can you imagine that? In the last 30 to 50 days of their life, their whole world has been turned upside down. Three years earlier, they had started following this man named Jesus. He promised that he was going to be their king, that he was going to bring the kingdom. They believed he was the Messiah, that he would overthrow Rome. And somehow in their mind, they interpreted all that as that he was going to, he was going to somehow establish his kingdom and set up his rule and reign, and they were going to rule and reign with him, and they were going to overcome all this wickedness in the earth. And then he dies. That was not in the script, can you say amen? Not for the disciples. In fact, when Jesus told Peter, says, I'm going to Jerusalem to where they're going to they're gonna kill me and they're going to torture me, and Peter basically says, over my dead body, and he says, get behind me, Satan, because you don't savor the things of God. This was not in the script for them. Jesus goes to Jerusalem, everything befalls just as he says. He dies, and they're thinking in my, their mind, dear God, we gave up everything to serve this man, and now he's dead. But then he resurrects from the dead, and he's a little bit kind of evasive. He comes and goes at will, you know what I mean? He, he walks through walls, and he shows up when they're eating, and then he disappears, and on and on. And he says, okay, guys, now you go do what I did. <laughs> what? But he says something just before Jesus goes, just before he ascends into heaven, he says something very important. He says to him, you wait in Jerusalem. You wait for the promise. You wait to be empowered. God, help us, church, if we do anything without power. But here's the problem, church. We don't like waiting. <laughs> I don't like waiting. Let's see if you like waiting. We ain't even to 10 seconds yet, and you're already feeling antsy, aren't you? It's like, what is he doing? And you even knew what I was doing. You knew I was making a point. But still, it's kind of like, I don't like waiting. Keep talking. We don't like waiting. But this is what Jesus says. He says, go wait. And so it's not just that they were to go up, hang out in the upper room, and just wait on, you know, just kind of twiddle their thumbs. This idea of waiting was contending. It was putting their mind on Christ. He was putting their mind on what he had told them and waiting for the promise, meditating on the fact that Jesus is going to send his spirit so that we can be empowered. That's what he tells them to do. I mean, so these guys, they're pretty out of it. They're, pretty, they're not really knowing what goes on. But then all of a sudden, a sound from heaven began to come, and it was a sound of a mighty wind. And then the strange presence of flames began to rest upon each one's head. And then the explosion of the gospel witness catapults the Jerusalem church into stardom, and it has not stopped today. Can you say Amen. And when these men and women proclaimed the truth of the gospel, thousands and thousands of people came to Jesus. Here's the point, church. We live in a world filled with words, don't we? But very little power. This is probably the thing that if there's anything that's frustrating, not only in my life, in my life personally, but in the church in general, is that we got great words, man. 
You know, I can, I can talk a good thing. I'm, per, I'm pretty good. I'm not half bad. This may work out. This career choice may work out for me. I'm not half bad. I could communicate. But you know what, church? We need more than words. We need more than just a good script. We need some power. We need churches filled with power. See, because we have churches and programs and self-help groups all proclaiming they have an answer. And multitudes flock to these places with little or no change. Why? Because there's no power. Second Timothy, Paul writing to young Timothy says in verse three, chapter 3, verse 5, he says have a, they have a form of godliness, but they deny its power. He says have nothing to do with them. We need power. Can you say amen? Because these things should not be this way. First Corinthians chapter 4, verse 20 says, for the kingdom of God is not in word, but in power. 1 Thessalonians 1.5 says, For our gospel did not come to you in word only, but also in power and in the Holy Spirit and in much assurance, as you know what kind of men we were among you for your sake. I've said this before, and I'll say it again. The tragedy is we've become a, nothing more than a referral service. Think about the demoniac. I don't know if there's ever a picture in the Bible of someone that has more genuine, real problems than this demoniac man, possessed by thousands of demons, and the only thing the world knows what to do is tie him to a chain, Try, tie him to a chain him to a tree. They don't know what else to do, and even that really doesn't work. The Bible tells us he ends up in the cemetery because, you know, at the end of the day, you always end up in a place of death, and he's running around, you know, cutting himself, howling at the moon. He's naked. He's all these things. It's just horrible, horrible, horrible. But one moment with Jesus, and he is completely set free. One moment of power from the kingdom of heaven. See, he didn't need a doctor. He didn't need a counselor. He didn't need a program. And I'm not saying those things are bad. Don't get me wrong. But what he needed in that moment was an encounter with the power of heaven in Jesus. Can you say amen? Romans chapter 1 verse 16 says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes, first to the Jew and also for the Greek. He, Paul's writing, he says, I'm not ashamed of the power of the gospel. I'm not ashamed of this because it's what we need, church. This is what humanity is looking for. This is what you and I are looking for. The truth is we're looking for a supernatural power that will change the unchangeable, heal the incurable, love the unlovable. We are looking for a supernatural God with a supernatural power to take on our impossible situations. Can you say amen? You've got to understand the picture of, of the day of Pentecost was the New Testament church being born in the midst of a prayer meeting filled with the power of God. But church, let me say this. If I could just, if I could just take a detour for a moment, it doesn't just happen. See, he says, go to Jerusalem. What if they would have went to Jericho? I don't matter where I go. No, it matters where you go. It doesn't matter what I do. Oh, no, it matters what you do. See, we want to negotiate with, with God on how this is all going to work. We, we want it on our terms. Well, I don't want nothing that's going to embarrass me, God. I, I don't want nothing that's going to make me feel uncomfortable. I, I, don't, I, don't want, I don't want you to shake me up too much. I know. I, I get it. I get shook up too. I get it. I, there's a lot of stuff I don't like, but I need this. I need this power. I mean, I, I, church, I, I'm, I'm telling you that the, the, the situations we're dealing with nowadays are, are pretty heavy. We're dealing with stuff that we, there are, there is, there's no prescription for it. And the problem is, church, is Christians are resigning themselves to what they call the inevitable. And we ought not to. But what we're going to have to do is engage. We have to engage. See, 
The problem is, J.B. Phillips said it this way. He said, the problem with most people today is they've not found a God big enough for their modern problems. See, that's what we've come to. We've come to a place where we can acknowledge his greatness. We can mentally ascend to his ability. We can, we can say, you know what? He's awesome. He's all of this. But we never translate that into living. See, look, I, you know... I use myself as a guinea pig. I have gone through several seasons in my life in the last eight years where it has been very, very difficult for a variety of reasons. And I, I won't bore you with all of that. Just please accept my, my word when I say they have been very, very dark, very difficult to the point where I just want to walk away. I don't, I don't want to do, I don't, I'm done. I'm done. I don't want to do this. And, and you know what I've discovered is I have discovered that there is a real enemy. He's a real enemy. Okay. He is a defeated foe, but he's still on the planet and he is still moving. And if you're not careful and you buy into his stuff. But here's the problem, church. I, sometimes I struggle where I can no longer figure out where I end and his lie begins. You know what I mean? Have you ever been depressed? Have you ever been upset? Have you ever, have you ever thought, well, what's the use? Why? Have you ever had this thing, this, this thing kind of just come over you and you don't even know why? It just kind of comes over you. Well, maybe it's a sickness. Maybe There's a trigger point. Maybe somebody somewhere at Walmart said something, but it triggered it. And all of a sudden, you're like feeling this thing and it's on you. And you no longer, but it makes so much sense. Or, or maybe, maybe this, maybe here's the thing. Maybe you're tempted. And, and, and you're tempted to go down a road that you ought not to go down. And you feel that temptation, but, it, but you're so convinced this is the right way to go. Even though you can articulate and mentally ascend to, I know that sin, but it makes so much sense to do this. Or ha- have you ever had a situation where, you have people in your life that you're, you're like, I don't even know how to deal with these people. And we're not talking about the neighbors or strangers. We're talking about people within your household. Yeah. Da- 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 David put it this way. He said, you know what? He says, I could have taken it if you were from the outside. But he says, you and I used to walk to church together and worship God together. And now I'm taking it from you. You ever had that? I mean, I'm, I'm talking about real-life problems. I'm talking about in a marriage where, where you're not even sure anymore. You've, you've, you've invested 30 years of your life, and you're not even sure if you're in love anymore. When you look at the person, and you go, I, I, you're a stranger to me. Or maybe you've, maybe you've get, been given a diagnosis. The doctor says, there is no medical hope for you anymore. None. Go home and be comfortable. Maybe, maybe it's a child that you love, desperately you love. Maybe a grandchild that you love and you see they're, they're, they're walking into oblivion. I mean, it's literally tantamount to a toddler walking into I-40. And you're thinking, I'm helpless. I've been gagged. I can't move. I can't do nothing. The only thing I got the privilege of is watching the destruction that is about to come. Am, am, I, am I describing it? Am I getting there? I could tell you I have faced these things. I have faced some of these hard moments where I've, I've went, God, I don't, I don't know what to do. And the tendency is to, we back away from God. We, and, and we back away knowing that he's the one that has the answer. Because we say things like this. Here, I'll try this one on for size. I am just too tired to fight anymore. I don't know that I can contend another day. God, if you're going to make this about me, if this is about me worshiping, if this is me about reading, if this is me about praying, it probably ain't getting done. Is, is that way too honest? Maybe, maybe it's just me. I take from a lot of your silence, it's not. The reality is we need power from the Holy Spirit. This is when we break in. See, the other day I was having one of those moments I couldn't separate that lie. And so I stopped in my chair and I went, you know what, God? 
This is what I know. I know you are good all the time. And I know that you love me all the time. And I know that you created me on purpose. I know those three things. I don't know anything else. So I'm going to put my feet and I'm going to stand on those things. You're good to me, God. You love me, God. And that's going to be enough. And I'm going to trust you. And you know, in that moment, in that moment, Holy Spirit begins to move. He begins to move in his power. But that's that waiting, isn't it? Because sometimes it happens almost immediately. Sometimes it might be a day or two. But we're waiting. Jesus said, go to Jerusalem and wait. Wait for power. Don't do anything. I know I gave you a commission. I anointed you and I breathed on you. And I told you to go into all the world and make disciples of all nations. He says, but don't do that yet. You can't do that without my power. You can't overcome the devil without his power. You can't get through darkness without his power. You can't break that habit without his power. You cannot do anything without his power. So wait for my power. But you have to be open. It can't be, you can't just be sitting on the couch going, okay, God, do your thing. So the question is, what is at the heart of this whole thing? What, what is it that Jesus intended when he sent his Holy Spirit? His intention was to fill us and immerse us in the very essence of who he is. You know, the Holy Spirit is the essence of God, isn't it? It's the, it's, it's, it's the power of God. The Holy, the Holy Spirit is equal. He, he, is part, he is the Godhead. He's part of the Godhead. He is equal to God. He's God. Are you hearing what I'm saying? He says, don't, don't go do anything until you get it. Jesus was making it clear that he wanted us to be filled with him, to be immersed in that power. John the Baptist prophesied about it. Matthew 3.11, he says, I indeed baptize you with water under repentance, but he who is coming after me is mightier than I, whose sandals I'm not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with fire, with Holy Spirit and fire. And there is no doubt in my mind that the baptism of the Holy Spirit is available for every person in this room. See, it's through the baptism of the Holy Spirit that we find this incredible friend and comforter that never leaves us or forsakes us. We find this one who brings conviction and correction and never condemns. We find a counselor who leads and guides through all truth, showing us great and wonderful things. We find a benefactor who lavishes us with gifts that empower us, one who gives us insight and understanding in the, in the unknown, and one who takes us to new levels of prayer and fellowship with the Father. And church, it's something we need to embrace. And as I bring this to a close, and I want the worship team to come, I pray that I have sparked a desire in you. I pray that you desire to encounter the Holy Spirit, to receive all that Jesus promised through the Holy Spirit. David said in Psalms 34, he says, taste and see that the Lord is good. So I challenge you today, taste and see. So here's what we're going to do this morning. I'm going to open up these altars. And I'm going to ask those of you that are here. There's two things, two, 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 two groups of people that I'm going to call. One is those that have not yet been baptized. You, 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 you've never had that encounter or those of you that have, but you come today and you say, man, I'm, something's missing. You know, it's interesting if you read in the book of Acts. So you've got Acts chapter 1 that kind of introduces this whole promise. Then Acts chapter 2 that is the fulfillment. And then Acts 3 that begins to move into the detail of what happens after that initial encounter. And then Acts chapter 4, they're starting to move into the future. And in Acts chapter 4, the same people that had gotten baptized in the Holy Spirit in Acts chapter 2, but two chapters later, they're asking for a refilling. 
They're asking for God to do it again. And the only thing that that can tell me is that this is something that we have to continually. It's not a one-time event. It's something that we ask for over and over. And you know, there, there's an interesting scripture, how he uh, came up to me and he said this. He goes, you ought to read this. And I, and I agreed with him. In Luke chapter 11, 11 through 13, it says this. What father among you, if his son asks for a fish, will instead of a fish give him a serpent? Or if he asks for an egg, will he give him a scorpion? If you then who are evil, meaning your love in comparison to God is evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them who ask? That word ask, literally in the Greek, it means to make a demand of his ability. It's not that we're being arrogant and demanding something of God. What it means is that we are doing what he required of us. We're coming to him and saying, God, I want this. I want this. I want this in my life. And so if you're here today and you say, you know what, that's me. I, I, want, I want to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. Don't, look at, don't make it about the event. Make it about what's coming, the, the marriage that's coming. If you want that for the first time or if, you've never, or if you've had it and you need some refilling, you need a retouch, a refreshing, I want you to come and I want you to just stand. Come up to the altar area here and just stand. Just stand up here. Just come up right now. Those of you that want that, come on up. Don't be afraid. I know it's a little different for us. We don't always have these kind of altar calls. Hopefully we'll have more and more, but just come. Make your way up. Just come up. Just come up. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Just come on up. Find your way just in. There's plenty of room up here. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Now, real quick, as you are all coming up, I, I, I want to say a couple things to you. There's a couple things that you can expect. Number one, you can expect this. Your life will be different. Your life will be different. God's going to make, he's going to do something powerful in you. Now, you may, when we pray, you may feel something you may not. Some people feel they have an experience, they have a tangible uh, uh, feeling or there's some manifestation of the Spirit of God. And if there is, let that happen. It's okay. Some don't. Some, sometimes that comes later. So I want you to be open to what God's doing. I want you to be open. So I, I kind of, just right now, we're, we're really early. It's only 1130, right? 1135 right now. So we're really early. We're not going to take a long time. We're not belabor the point, but I just want you to just kind of relax right now. Just relax. It's okay. And I'm going to go around, and I'm going to do this as quickly as I can. You'll feel people behind you, and I'll be in front of you. And I'm going to touch as many people as I can as the worship team leads us in a song. And for the rest of you that are sitting here, I want you to just pray with us. But we're going to pray. I'm going to try to touch as many of you as I can. And if for some reason I don't get to you and, 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 and somehow just please be bold. Let somebody that's my son Andrew or Rosemary that's here or somebody just say, hey, I need prayer and I'll, I'll pray. Well, we're going to believe God, okay? So let's pray. Father, right now in Jesus' name, we come before you and God, we receive, God, all that you have. We receive right now, Holy Spirit. In fact, those of you that are standing in the altar, I want you to pray this. Father... I ask you to baptize me in the Holy Spirit. Fill me with your power and your presence. Immerse me in your spirit. I welcome you and I receive you right now in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you, God. We give you glory right now, Father. I pray, God, I touch this one, God, right now. Fill her up. God, Bless her right now. Bless her right now. More, God, more, more in her right now. Touch, God, more right now, Father. In the name of Jesus, breathe, God, upon her. Breathe upon her right now, Father. In the name of Jesus, touch Bill right now, Father. Touch him. Minister to him right now. Fill him up, God. Holy Spirit, come upon him right now, Father, right now in Jesus' name. Touch my sister right now, Father. Minister, God, your grace. Your grace right now, right now, touch him. Minister to him right now, Father. Holy Spirit, move, God, in this place. Father, touch her right now, God. 
Breathe upon her. Heal that which is broken. Minister, God. Holy Spirit, have right of way. Have right of way, Father, right now in Jesus' name. God, touch my brother. Minister to him. God, fill him up, God. Fill him up. Holy Spirit, rest upon him. Breathe upon him right now in Jesus' name. Breathe, God, upon my sister right now in Jesus' name. Baptize her. Baptize both of them in the Holy Spirit right now. God, touch my sister right now, Father. Minister your grace, God, your grace right now. Lord, breathe upon her right now in Jesus' name. Breathe upon her. God, fill her up right now, God, upon my brother right now, God, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, touch him and minister to him. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. God, breathe upon my sister right now, Father. In Jesus' name, touch her. God, touch her right now, Father. In Jesus' name, minister to them. Minister to them right now. In Jesus' name, touch them. Bring her, just bring her forward. Hallelujah, Father, right now, God, touch him. Touch her right now, God. Minister to her. Lord, breathe upon her right now, God. Right now, in Jesus' name. Holy Spirit, move, God. Move upon her right now, God. In Jesus' name, move your grace, your grace. God, your grace. Holy Spirit, right now. Holy Spirit, right now. Touch and minister to my sister right now in Jesus' name. Move in this place, God. Move in this place right now, Father. In Jesus' name, move in this place, Father. In Jesus' name. Oh, Father, God, touch her, minister to her right now, God, in Jesus' name. Minister right now to my sister. God, touch her and minister right now, God, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. God, minister to him, God, touch him. Lord, the anointing upon him, God, right now. Father, your anointing upon him right now. God, I thank you, God, for my brother, God. Minister to him, God. Touch him and minister to him, God. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Father, right now, for hope, God, in Jesus' name, touch her. God, right now, for bar. God, touch her right now. Breathe, God. Breathe, God, right now, in Jesus' name. Breathe right now, in Jesus' name. God, upon Johanna, right now, in Jesus' name. Oh, Father, right now, God, in Jesus' name, God, touch her and minister to her right now, Father, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, God, upon this little one, God. Oh, Lord, your Holy Spirit, overshadow her. God, God, touch her in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Oh, Father, right now, God, upon my brother, God, touch him. Minister to him right now, Father. In Jesus' name, God. In Jesus' name, touch her. Lord, minister your grace. God, love her and touch her right now, Father. In Jesus' name, God, upon Doug right now. God, in Jesus' name. God, in Jesus' name. God, upon my sister right now. Oh, Father, in Jesus' name, you love her, God. You love her. Oh, Father, breathe upon her, God. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Father, upon my brother right now. Upon my sister, God, breathe upon them. Minister to them, God, right now. Minister to them right now. Father, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, God, in Jesus' name, touch him and minister, God, upon Donna, God, right now, God. God, fresh, God, fresh anointing. God, fresh anointing, God, upon these. God, fresh anointing right now, God, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, Father. Hallelujah, hallelujah, God. Oh, Lord, in Jesus' name. God, Amandi, God, I pray. God, my sister, God, I pray. Lord, fresh anointing, God. Your goodness and your grace right now, God. All oh, your goodness and your grace, God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, Father, in my brother right now, Father, in Jesus' name, touch him, God, minister. God, Lord, to Monica, God. Oh, Father, right now, God, in Jesus' name, heal that which is broken, God. Mend her spirit, God. God, breathe upon her right now, Father. Lord, in Jesus' name, Lord, in and through her, God. Father, upon her right now, God, in Jesus' name. Oh, Father, in Jesus' name. God, this young man, God, I pray. Lord, breathe upon him, God. Touch him in Jesus' name upon this one, God. Oh, God, your goodness. God, your grace, God, right now. Lord, Jesus, breathe right now. More upon her. God, upon my brother right now, Father, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, Lord. 
Hallelujah, God. Hallelujah. God, upon my sister, God, in Jesus' name. More. More, God. More. <laughs> oh, Jesus. I'm going to get three of you all going at once. You right. catchers be ready. In Jesus' name. Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Jesus' name. There you go, right there. Hallelujah. Father, in Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Oh, this precious couple, God. God, your grace upon them. God, breathe upon them, God. Lord, anoint them. Use them, God. God, give them a fresh, God, baptism, God. God, a fresh anointing, God. Encourage them and strengthen them. Oh, Father, right now upon my brother. Hallelujah, God, heal him. We take authority over this cancer in the name of Jesus. We bind it and we command it to loose its hold, to leave this body right now in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name right now, leave in Jesus' name. Jesus' name, God. God, upon this precious couple, God, in Jesus' name. God, pour yourself out upon them. Oh, Father, breathe upon them. God, heal them, minister to them, touch them. God, do a work, God, that even with, God, seems impossible, God, I pray. Make a way, God, make a way where there seems to be no way, God. Help them, God, encourage, God. Thank you, Jesus, thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Right here behind you. Father, right now, in Jesus' name, touch him and minister to him, my God, right now. Lord, your grace upon him, God. Lord, in Jesus' name. Father, right now, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Oh, Father, touch her, God. Hallelujah. Father, minister, God, right now, God, in Jesus' name. Did anybody not get prayed for? Hallelujah, Father, right now. Oh, touch her, God. Your anointing, God, upon her. Lord, in Jesus' name, breathe. Breathe upon her, right? Breathe upon her right now in Jesus' name. Hallelujah, hallelujah. You know what we're going to do? Don't don't leave yet. Don't leave. If you're up here, don't leave yet. <clears throat> so I want to do one, just one last thing. We're almost done. We're just This is how we're going to close the service today. So why don't we stand to our feet? All of us stand to our feet. If those of you that are in the congregation would like to come forward, you'd like to come forward just to get into the atmosphere of what's going just come up as we sing this song just let the holy spirit look at we got about 10 minutes and we're not even going to be here that long but look at it's it ain't nothing but the, what you can receive from this moment could change your life forever so come forward if you'd like and let's sing this song Crashing over every day Father, please come rescue me I am longing for your voice Gentle whispers in the noise Father, tell me Everything's alright Your power, your presence Bring strongholds, King of heaven When you speak, mountains move I believe there will be alone can take my scars piece by piece restore my heart take what's broken make it whole again 
God, we thank you for the fact that there are lives being changed in this place right now, God, that there are lives being changed online right now, God, that there will be lives changed when they see this video, God. God, that when people enter into this room, they will feel your presence and they will leave noticeably different right now. God, we praise you for what you're doing, God, but this is only the beginning, Father. That's what I feel that you're you've placed on my heart this morning is that this is only the beginning. You've only begun to taste and see what I have in store for you, what I, what I have planned for you. Your imagination is not big enough to, can, to project what I have planned for you. God, I just pray, Lord, that you give us the strength and the courage to stick it out, Lord. God, because there are going to be obstacles. Hell wants to fight any progress made for the advancement of your kingdom. God, but you have won. We stand here victorious. We stand here. Uh, we have a defeated enemy. The only way that he wins is if we don't pursue what you have for us. So right now, we stand triumphant. We stand ready and willing to simply take what you've already given us. We thank you for what you're doing in and through our lives, God. Church, I just want to encourage you that you do not have to wait to be in this room to experience his presence. You can do this at home. Throw on some worship, whether that be YouTube, Spotify, Apple Music, whether you have a CD, I don't care how you do it. Get worship music that moves you. Put that on. Just begin to worship him in your home. Let the Holy Spirit 
just permeate the walls of your home. Read the word out loud. Read a psalm. That is, so, the whole book of Psalms is a great play, is a great way to worship, the, worship our Father. And then just begin to declare what you need, what you see, what you want Him to do in and through your life. And just create an environment where He not just visitates, but it, He inhabits. You will see God move in a great and tremendous way. You don't, I just want to encourage you, you do not have to wait until you're here to experience his presence. In fact, he would rather experience a hangout with you every day of the week. And then this here, this just becomes a manifestation of the overflow of what you're already doing throughout the week. And we'll see God move in so many ways if we begin to dedicate and discipline ourselves to do this at home. We just thank you. We thank you for coming. You're, you are dismissed. We have our prayer. Thank you for listening to the New Life Kingman podcast. We can't wait to see you next week.